When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Andy Staples on three on a No Bad Ideas Friday. I conceived of this, and maybe this was a bad idea, but when the discussion hit the college football playoff, the commissioners who run it, when they started talking 14 teams or maybe 16 teams and multiple automatic bids for the SEC and the Big Ten and maybe multiple automatic bids for the Big 12, and the ACC, I thought, okay, we, we've hit this point where they can't help themselves anymore. They they keep messing this up. They have a nice 12-team format that they just finally approved the final version of it. We've never seen it actually played. And they're already talking about how they're going to change it in two years for God knows why. Well, we know why. More power, more money, all of the above. So I said, let's find the smartest person I know. Dan Wetzel said, yes, I will come on. I will help you help the commissioners who can't help themselves. So let us talk to the great Dan Wetzel from Yahoo Sports, from the College Football Inquirer podcast. Dan, I was listening to you and Ross Dellinger and and Pat Forty discuss this last night on your show. And oh my God, these people cannot help themselves. First off, you need to find smarter. You got to find someone. That is what everybody smarter. said in the chat too. Uh, they said I needed to expand my circle. I mean, <laughs> I appreciate it, but uh, yeah, probably not. Um, but uh, who knows? I don't know what you know degenerates you're hanging around with and stuff like that down there in Florida. Um, but <laughs> yes, they cannot help themselves, and. Um, I mean, it, it's it's classic. Okay, people have been called for a playoff for decades. They finally begrudgingly got dragged to a four. They got dragged to the beat to the the bowl alliance, and then the bowl <laughs> championship series, and then finally a four teamer after like just everybody screaming at them. And now we finally get to this twelve team. It took three years after the proposal, almost three years, two and a half years, two a little over two and a half years. After they put out the proposal, this is what we're going to do. This is awesome. Almost universal. I mean, there's always people, don't, some people, but that's just that, that segment's always out there. Almost universal agreement. This is going to be great. Took them another almost three years as they played politics and there was an alliance and there were various ratings of conference to where the old pro- thing kind of has some flaws now because they didn't just implement it. And now all of a sudden, the people that run the college football playoff are talking about expanding the soon-to-be-expanded college football playoff before that college football playoff is officially expanded. All of a sudden, we're in a rush. Can we just... They have a month, Dan. They have a month to figure it out. We got to have another one. Can we just see how the other one runs for a year? And I understand that a lot of this is like, you know, if, if the Alliance hadn't screwed it up, if this hadn't happened, but... I don't know. I mean, I'm a. I love the. I love the 12 team playoff. And I did too. It's throwing this up in the air and going, "Hey, maybe we we got about 16. Let's just go to 16." Like 12. They they included some fun aspects of it. Like they put some thought into it. But yes, I am glad you agree with me that the alliance is really to blame for screwing all this up. This should be happening right now. We should have already seen this. The ACC and the Pac-12 got completely hoodwinked. By Kevin Warren in the Big Ten, like I, I still can't. We we don't properly celebrate how utterly stupid it was to form the alliance. And I remember getting a phone call from somebody in the ACC office after being very critical of the alliance and saying, "You do realize you're acting against your own best interests here." And they're trying, but we got to slow it down. Mm-hmm. We got to have a one year plan and figure out how it's going to affect the student athlete. You don't care about the student athlete. You got suckered 
And now here we are. The big but Pac-12 no longer exists. I mean, yeah, no offense. There to was that too. No offense to two pack. <laughs> The yes. ACC is going to get a worse deal. The Big East, they wanted to wait. They no longer exist. The Big 12 got lost their, their linchpins. Like a lot of stuff have happened because they they stood around and didn't make a deal. So now, you know, and at the same time, here I am going, uh, maybe you should slow down a little bit. But this is what happens. Dynamics change. And so, yeah, they misplayed this thing throughout. Um, they trusted people they shouldn't trust. And... Here we are, and 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 it's precarious. And for those of us who want to see the sport thrive everywhere, who acknowledge that the best teams are almost exclusively going to be in two leagues, but still know the value of a Saturday in Waco or a Saturday in Corvallis or a Saturday in Manhattan, Kansas, and want to maintain that, let alone, you know, Maction, and and fun belt and all that who want to do the best for all of it because we love the whole sport we don't want to be held prisoner by that but we want something it's a little shaky here it's a yeah. little shaky we're down to hoping these two leagues and basically we're hoping greg sankey cares enough about college athletics as a whole and in the past he has shown he does and that is the basis of our faith that he's not they're not just gonna not just gonna blow this thing apart and just be like we got two leagues we got all the money that's it that's all we care about when, when i hear your colleague ross dellinger saying that the sec and the big 10 want four automatic bids in a 14 team playoff four automatic bids each i don't have a lot of faith so at that point when i hear that that's when so Dan, all these years, I've had these people sending me Google Docs. Mm. Here's how it should be. Here's how they should arrange the conferences. Here's how they should do the postseason. And I'm like, guys, that'll never happen. None of this is possible. At this point, I'm like, screw it. You know what? I'm going to make my own. I almost sent you a 19-page Google Doc last night. <laughs> like a, man, a for, manifesto? Is this be like yeah, an honor stallion's manifesto? Exactly. 600 pages. 48-team yeah. Premier League. Mm. The rest of them are in, in the uh, second division. There's relegation for the, the bottom eight and the top eight from the other division. There's, you know, there's six, or excuse me, there are eight six-team divisions split over two conferences. Mm. Yeah. And it's, if it sounds too much like the NFL, I know it does. And I have been one who says... Don't make it look exactly like the NFL. But at this point, if you're going to go that way, you already are headed that way for the SEC and the Big Ten, then do it all. Like, do it all. Like, Trevor in the chat asked, I can't watch live, but will we start seeing the Big Ten and SEC kick out some of their less prestigious members to make room for ACC teams? I don't believe they'll ever kick out Indiana or Vanderbilt. I think you'd have to see Ohio State and Alabama leave and then reform as something else, which is why I'm not too keen on the whole 48 team premier league because I don't think they do that right either. Yeah. I, the kick out, there's a lot of, especially in the big 10, there are, uh, uh, there's like a 10 plus billion dollar research, um, fund and, and things like that, 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 that they share. There's more to it than just where, yeah. you know, the, the, the athletics. And I know, um, I don't know why, because football is clearly the biggest thing that these schools do. Um, and the <laughs> important work that they do. I don't I mean, I heard, you know, they're trying to cure cancer and stuff. But, I mean, can we get on with uh, better games on Saturday? No, uh, they're they're trying. Uh, I, I agree. So it would be hard. But it doesn't mean if I'm uh, Rutgers, maybe, you know, might be a little nervous. I'd, I'd be checking my shoulder. I, I don't know why some of these teams in the Big Ten – brought voted to bring in Oregon and Washington and UCLA and USC. Right. Just make themselves look worse. It's like you're bringing in your replacement. You're like you're you're a guy working in an office and 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 you know, you're you now maybe 50 and all of a sudden there's a guy who comes in at 28. Hey, why don't you train him? Why don't we bring him in and you show him show him what you do. Yeah. Wait a minute now. What's going on here? Like you just brought in a better looking version of yourself. And you only got in because of like cable, you know, basic cable right. subscriptions. Like you're really regretting bringing, bringing you in, right? Yes. Right. You're not bringing any value here. So what are we doing? 
I'd be nervous if I was, but they all voted. Oh yeah, man, we're going to make another 750 grand here. Another 2.3 million. It's like, dude. And I mean, I don't have to tell it to you. You're on these campuses. It's the Taj Mahal everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. Everybody's rich. You need more. Like some of these schools, I'm like, eh, be careful what you wish for. Because yes, Ohio State and Michigan and that someone's going to throw that offer out there and be like, here's, here's a billion for you guys. And there's only, See, I, only I, I feel like if we're going to do the Premier League, Super League thing, like there has to be a threshold of caring about football. Like you, you can't not have Kansas State in this thing because they actually care. Right. Like I want Utah in this thing because they great, actually but... care. That's and not so, how it's done. It, right. And so we're going to put, the, we're going to table that one. I'll save that for, for June. I'll save that Google Doc for June. Yeah, we could go but hours us, on that one. <laughs> yeah. Let let us let us work with what we got, which is the current FBS, 133 teams with nine conferences, well, two pack, 10 conferences if 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 we're counting the two pack. But let's work with that because I think we can throw out some ideas and I bet in the next 30 minutes we can come up with a better system than these jokers are going to come up with in a month. So, and and look, we're the advisory group. Jokers. We're we're Sankey and Petiti here. We're not mm-hmm. in a big room trying to satisfy everyone. So we're we're going to come up with some stuff here. All right. Magic so, wand stuff. Magic wand. Dictatorship. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Iraqi so, elections. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Vladimir Putin won by how many? Yes, Putin. A Putin election. <laughs> 99 so, to 1, but they're waiting for Maricopa County to, to count their uh, mail-in exactly. ballots, but I think it'll be 99.5, yeah. All right, so we're going to have a playoff. The current conferences are going to exist. So I, I'll give you my conspiracy theory on what I think is going on here with the automatic bids, and then we'll, we'll figure out what to do with them. But I think this is a little like – remember when the NFL owners – we're like, hey, we'll let you guys smoke weed. You just have to trade something for it in the CBA. Maybe it's some money. Maybe it's another regular season game. Whatever, something we want. They didn't care if the players smoked weed. They cared if they got what they wanted. So like the SEC and the Big Ten, they're going to get a bunch of teams in. But this feels like a way... If you say the ACC and the Big 12 can get more than one team in automatically, like if you let's say I'm the SEC, I would like four, but I'll be willing to take three and you can have two, but us and the Big 10 are going to sit are, are going to share 75% of the revenue. You can dog walk the ACC and the Big 12 right into that. Yeah, th- th- this whole multi-auto bid is confusing to me and it's probably that. First off, the idea that anything other than, I guess they, they they would do it if they went to fourteen, okay. So if they're fourteen, there are now nine available bids. Other than getting four automatics, I don't know how this matters. Sitting there and saying the SEC needs two automatic bids, any system you have, they're going to get their top two teams in. Yeah, they got their top two teams in often in a four-team playoff. Right. Same with the Big oh, Ten. No, they got their top two teams in, in two, a two-team yeah, playoff. Two-team playoff. They had a two-team playoff. Two in. So let's like, what do, what do we do with the the extra auto bids? So unless you get to four guaranteed, there is the potential in a if you have nine at larges and you've already selected the number one team in the SEC. I guess there is a chance that your fourth place team does not rank. In those in those nine, I doubt it personally, but I guess there's a chance because your top two are going to make it, your third is going to make it, your fourth is good. I mean, it just is. Where are these teams coming from? Notre Dame. Let's say Notre Dame's good every year. They take one. Now you're down to eight at mm-hmm. large. I mean, it's going to be three, three, and maybe one for the ACC and one for the Big Twelve. That and I, I don't even. I mean, you could have a fifth team in some years. So, so here's here's my idea. Look, if you're going to expand, which they're they're clearly going to do, whether it's 14 or 16, mm-hmm. and they're doing these two num- they're, they're they're noodling with these two numbers because it doesn't change the number of rounds. Right. 
My conspiracy theory on that, by the way, is you're going to codify the maximum number of games to pl played to win a national title before you have to negotiate with players, which you may have to do eventually, because the most expensive thing you will have to do in a negotiation is add games. So yeah. get the number of games set. So, all right, if you're going to do that, let's just go to 16. But here's my idea, Dan, and you, you tell me where I'm wrong. No auto bids. If you're going to have a subjective committee picking these, if we're not going to have a regionally balanced, competitively balanced set of divisions or, or conferences where you can have objective criteria like the NFL does for the playoff, if we're going to be subjective about it, no auto bids, top 16 teams are in. That's going to get a group of five champion there most years. I I, I agree. Uh, uh, the, the group of five champ that we want in, the 12 and one Fresno team, the 12 and one Boise, uh, a, a 12 and one Washington, uh, Washington State or something, or maybe it's Memphis, that quality team that can compete would get in the top 16. I agree. The only reason for that, you could go all at large and then one extra and set it aside for a group of five to avoid a lawsuit. That's that's what I always saw it as. And then yeah. a reward for the number one seed. You could still Maybe have... you could just have your five, keep your five, because it's it doesn't matter. But I agree. Better off just going, here. give us our 16 best. If you can't yeah. make the top 16, you don't deserve in. Uh, I think it's a lawsuit prevention, but I, I would be fine with that. This isn't the... Yeah. You don't need a lot of protection in the Mountain West. I do think it helps to have an automatic bid for those other conferences for the perception that they have a real chance. All right. So I'll compromise on that. We can keep the five automatic bids. It doesn't really and, matter other than yeah, it saves you I, from I a I would say don't codify them because I think codifying them actually invites a lawsuit. So you just say five highest ranked conference champs are in. They're not going to be able and, to get rid of it now. Yeah. Now, here's how I get rid of the deliberate misseeding of the playoff. Because, and I don't want to gatekeep the sport. I don't like when people call people casuals, but this Notre Dame conversation that popped up this week just made me laugh. Because everybody's like, wait, Notre Dame can't finish higher than fifth? What? No. You've known that for three years, everybody. Like, that's not new information. Yeah, that was painful. So this, this eliminates that. Because here's the problem. Number five is is going to be a lot better than three and four in most years. Yeah. So number five is going to kick the crap out of number 12. I want there to be upsets. I want 12 to actually play the real five, but well, in mine, 12 is not going to play five yet. Well, 12 is going to play five. It'd be a real five, 12 game in mine. So you have a 16 team playoff, best 16, regardless of conference champ or, or whatever. We're going to get rid of the conference championship games. I realize they're cash cows. I realize they make money. Yes, yes. But you're taking more money because we're adding more games. You're going to get $118 million a game. We're adding more games here. You're going to have eight first-round games. So one will play 16. That is basically a buy in college football. But by the time you get to 314, you can have real upsets. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So I agree with that. Um, the, the problem is, you know, people scream Notre Dame only played 12 games, but it's like, get over it. The Notre Dame discussion this week was absolutely painful. Oh, my God. Notre <laughs> Dame got screwed. They literally wrote the plan. They are right. dancing in the streets of South Bend because they, they just never have to join a conference at this. They kept their sticks. they kept their independence. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it it hurts, it hurts, but that's okay. Uh, we we spend way too much time on this. Obviously, an audience watching at eight in the morning on a Friday in February about college football <laughs> spends. We we're talking to preaching to the choir. So yes, yeah. I agree. That would be better. We would have better games. Uh, so I once proposed. This was back when there were eleven conferences, and nine of them were good. Uh, this was before, like, the Mountain West had their own thing, and the MWAC was good and all this. I once proposed a 16-team playoff, and I was like, people are like, well, this is ridiculous. Someone's playing a MAC champ in round one. I said, that's the reward for being first, right? Um, yeah. So giving some kind of reward, but it doesn't take long before you got upsets possible. Um, mm -hmm. If you get rid of the conference championship game, 
I have done a story after story on this most years in, on Yahoo. I will show you that the conference championship games most years are all either all or down to one completely irrelevant. Nothing matters. Team even in a four team playoff, like three of like okay, two years ago I can't remember last year's, but Georgia and Michigan were in, regardless of whether they won or lost. TCU lost their championship game, right? And stayed in, and it was all down to whether USC playing a thirteenth game would get lost their thirteenth game, allowing Ohio State, which got to sit at home on twelve, got in. Which isn't even fa- logically isn't fair. You don't win, you don't finish the race, and then they go. You don't finish the Daytona 500 and go. Okay, you run one more lap. Well, this yeah. you don't crash, then you get the spot. But the guy who's sitting in pit row, he could take your like. That's not how it works, right? But but whatever. That's how, that's how they did it. So Ohio State got it, but like it's it's totally irrelevant. There's only two of the games that make money, and that's the Big Ten and the SEC, and. They already have all the money. So if you get rid of conference championship weekend, now the season ends Thanksgiving weekend, and you can play two rounds of this tournament in December. Mm-hmm. Everyone can take a week off. You move Army Navy up to what is now conference championship weekend. Tell the Heisman you're going to vote after, but that's a whole other thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then you play, you would be able to play. The second weekend and the third weekend of December, and then you would be able to play your semifinals on New Year's Year's Day, which is what we want as a country. We have voted with our ratings forever. Please give us a doubleheader that matters on New Year's Day. You could even, if you move the entire season a week and push it back to like, uh, you know, they're talking about moving it one more week into the summer. eh, I'm not sure how I feel about all that, but let's... If you do that, you could play the whole tournament in December. And not this. Like they it. are going to finish the college football season next year on January 20th, I think is Martin Luther King Day. That's it's yeah. too long. You are too deep into the NFL. It's like what like that's a long season. And yeah. I don't think people are going to like that. It's going to be like, man, is this still going on? We would be better like boom boom boom. And, and get it done. So getting well, rid of conference championship I, I, game would be ideal. That'd be one of my top three things that would solve a lot of problems. I'm glad you went there. Here's the next thing. The Bulls, out of the playoff. There is one neutral site game is the national, national championship game. Everything else is on campus where college football is better, which helps their regular season, makes your seating matter more. If you are the one seed and you are at home throughout the playoff, the two seed at home throughout the playoff, that matters. No bulls. But I like bulls. I don't want the bulls to go away. No. I still I actually still want the filler content on weeknights in December. But I also want the major bulls and and even the minor ones can do this if they want. I still want them played. I want them played with everybody playing. And you know we're going to want to play those? Labor Day weekend. I don't know how that works, but... You qualify for that bowl. It's just a game, a non-conference game that people want to see. Your new team is going to play in it. Eh, it's like neutral site games. I don't. I'm not a big fan of neutral site games. Here, here's the, here's the thing about the bowls. I, I I don't hate that idea, but it's just you're just branding a game, right? Um, to exactly. me, the bowls, the existence of the bowl system and the playoff are not really related. Okay, bowls are basically all almost every bowl game schools go to. They lose money, right? They spent more money on travel buying tickets for their band, uh, all, all, all the coaches' bonuses, all the different stuff you have to do. You lose money going to the, the – you might be surprised to know the New Mexico Bowl is not a big money maker. It's just <laughs> it's just TV for, for ESPN to put on right. and people and like us watch. All, all I want is the television content anyway. So, like, I, I'm I'm with I'm you. I'll with take the game. I get well, how about bowls. this? 100 bowls. How about this? They're on welfare. They're on welfare. Yeah. They exist because – Okay, the Big Ten says we're gonna make uh we're gonna make a hundred million dollars this this postseason. I, I'm just inventing that number 
on our playoff appearances and our bowl games. Some of the games are going to be extremely pop, um, uh, uh, profitable, and mm-hmm. some are not. We pool it. Everybody right. gets the same cut, and therefore, when Indiana goes 6-6 six and six and gets to go to a bowl game, they don't sit there and go, man, we're going to lose $5 million, whatever they're going to lose. We got you covered. So the bowls exist because the the rest of the postseason is profitable and it will only get more profitable starting next year. So those bowl games should never go away. I am good with, uh, I'm good with 50 bowl games. What, what do we got? 130 yes. teams. I don't Let really everybody care. play. I don't really yes. care. Two teams want to play. I'm going to watch. That's what I like. Uh, there's a great, one of the great, we, you know, we did this book death to the BCS a long time ago, went through all this stuff. One of the biggest fake arguments they had was it's going to kill the bowl games. The bowl industry is dead the moment that they do a playoff. It's thrive. They keep adding games. No, it's it, Dan. It's going to kill the getting a million dollars to run one bowl game. So yes, that, that's the guy. That's that, what it's going to kill. Play golf with right. That's yeah. that guy. Yes, you're not going to make a million bucks. So I would, I would absolutely, if you could pull this off, just play. I would play on campus, including New Year's Day. Yes. Um, yes. I think. It would be and then, fantastic. and then one neutral site national championship game. Wherever I, I, it may be, I cover the I cover the NFL also, right? I was at uh, San Francisco, uh, you know, NFC Championship game, Detroit versus San Francisco. P- incredible crowd. There's Lions fans travel. They're, they're from that area. The the the, the Niner fans is a hype game. Went down the end, crazy environment. Whole thing's great. I didn't hear one person. I didn't hear one person say, you know what? I wish we were playing this in the Alamo Dome. I wish we could have. <laughs> I wish we could have all packed up. And spent thousands of dollars, so all of our fans could have spent it in 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 uh, Glendale, Arizona. That would have yeah. been so much better. Nobody says that. No person. So you, it's better. Give hey, the Niners got the advantage. They get the advantage over. Maybe that's determine the games. Tough break. Win more games. Right. Love it. Um, that that is better for the sport. Now, if you have to do it, if you have to play the semis on New Year's Day. And you, you say to the Rose Bowl, which is an unbe- unbelievable place for a football game, mm-hmm. you can be a permanent. We're going to do it in in Pasadena and and New Orleans. Those are our two games. But Rose yep. Bowl, you can have a permanent semifinal spot. But we're kicking off an hour earlier. We are kicking off an hour who, earlier. Who says your, no? Your vaunted sunset. They won't do it because they want the sun to set at the end of the third quarter. They want the sun to hit those and turn the San Gabriel Mountains purple, and it's fantastic. It's fantastic when you're there. It's fantastic when you live like me up in Detroit, and it's freezing out, and you look and go, damn, that looks nice, right? It's fantastic. Tough break. It will, sun will still set. The sun will set, and the San Gabriels will still be there one hour earlier if you kick. They'll just set at the end of the game instead of the third quarter, and therefore, though we don't kick off the other semifinal at like 9:30 Eastern. So a whole Boom. bunch of people have to go to work. Can't watch Texas play Washington in an exciting game. Like the arrogance of this sport sometimes. And we have custom people spend their whole year. Oh my God. I love college football. I spent all my money in college football. And it's like, dude, this, this semifinal is ending at one in the morning, 1230. I have to be up. My boss is going to be all psyched to start of the new year. He's going to be at the office 645 tomorrow. I got to get to sleep. I can't watch the semifinal because these jerks out in Pasadena are obsessed with their sunset. One hour earlier. It still will set. I guarantee the sun will set. I guarantee it. Well, and here's the other thing. Within two years of them starting, just doing this 12 team for the next two seasons, they'll realize how stupid it is to make people travel this many times. They're Sorry. thinking about it because they're they're in college sports. They're thinking it's like the NCAA tournament. It's not. The NCAA tournament, the first weekend, is in a 16,000-seat arena where you have eight teams there on day one and four teams there on the second session. So, and those you, are of course, you can ever. fill that. Yeah, and even then... Yeah. And even then they don't fill it. People don't travel to the first two rounds. They're just like in the town where it's at. Yeah. Uh, They don't travel much. No, you're asking people right now. Let's say, let's say, and I've heard this from SEC people. Well, are the bulls, the bull sites aren't that far for our fans. Well, first off for your rich fans and the ones who get the time off from work. Okay. 
Right. But you still have to go get a hotel room in New Orleans or Atlanta or Miami. But let's say you're a Michigan fan or Ohio State fan. Like last year, Michigan fan, you got to go to Indianapolis. Okay, well, it's not that far, but you got to stay over. The game's at 8 o'clock at night. Hotels then are expensive, got, yeah. Right. Then you got to go to Pasadena. Okay, it's awesome. But, I mean, that's thousands and thousands of dollars over the holidays. Probably got to bring your kids along because, you know. Then you got to go to Houston. It's three trips in one month. Mm-hmm. And yep. the airfares, like you know, I mean, like it's it's insane. The prices of hotels and airfares are incredible, and it's like I don't have to pay for it, so I go. But you're like, gosh, this is a nine hundred and fifty dollar plane ticket to go to it's, Houston it, on January fourth or something, right? Yeah. So you're sitting there going, gosh, you you're you're draining your people out. Also, why in the world are we propping up the economies of these cities? And, and and filling their hotel rooms and why are we why are we playing games in these antiseptic NFL stadiums that are just whatever college football one of its greatest assets are the campus environment the stadiums are cool the stadiums are unique the stadiums are huge in many yes. cases but even if they're not great i want to see a game in manhattan kansas i want to see it in in, right. in morgantown and the and the other part of it is cuz cuz this is where the bill hancocks the world but how will people get hotel rooms? What about visiting fans? Who cares about visiting fans? It. You you won They're home locals. field advantage for a reason. <laughs> like, yeah. no, no, I've had that one. Well, the media won't be able to stay. So what? The NFL doesn't set us up when we play. We we Green cover Bay. the we they cover have, these games in the regular season. We like I know does, where to stay to cover game of state college. You can't stay there. You're right. Yeah, I, I used to fly into state college. They have a night game, and there's a flight out at like six in the morning. I wouldn't even get a hotel room. I just go back to that Avis lot, their little airport, and stay there. Exactly. We'll deal with it. Whatever. Don't worry about me. Uh, the NFL plays in Green Bay, Wisconsin, right? Like it's a small little town. It's awesome. I, again, like it's snowy. It's a pain in the neck to get to. Ask any NFL. What, what's the number one place you'd like to watch an NFL game? Oh, I want to go to Green Bay. Well, well, of course you do. And you want it to be snowing, don't you? Yeah, kind of. I mean, it'll suck. But yes, I do, right? That's the game you want to be at. Oh, my God. It was so cold. And uh, Tom Coughlin's face almost froze, but whatever they won. Um, so yeah, don't worry about all their. I mean, so many of their arguments were garbage anyway. But yes, yeah, get the bowl. So this, out. this, but this if you have great. to we... do it, if you have to do it, Rose Bowl, the sun will set. You don't get to determine your kickoff time. <laughs> so we we've solved the postseason already. Yeah. So let's solve the off season now. Okay. And you mentioned this when we were texting last night. We, we have a proposal now from the SEC where they want to move the early signing day to the first week of December. This is dumb. Your idea. Yeah, well, first off, this cl- cracks me up because it's like we're going to, again, it's like tinkering with the, with the formula. We're going to move it up to after the conference championship game or before it. First off, in like two years, you're gonna be signing contracts with these dudes. There's no national right. sign. Like, st- okay, like, okay, great. Signing day should be there. Should be one signing day, and it should be in mid February, if not later. And I know there's like spring practice situations. I, I know like Michigan play what always would go early because Harbaugh wanted to start spring practice on Valentine's Day because they love football. Like, you know, I, I'm gonna miss the guy. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can't get that out of every coach. Um, so there's got to be a little bounce. But, like, the coaching carousel just ended. We just had our final head coach hired. We think. We think, right? You want your high school player. You want your high school player to make his college decision with the most information possible. And you want your college coach to make an offer to that high school player with the most information possible. And that will cut down on what these guys hate the most, apparently, which is transfers. Guys didn't work out. So you want to wait until they see, <clears throat> after the transfer portal goes through, who's what spots available. Did they recruit over me? Did my coach leave? Did my coach retire? Also, my the, position the, the ones who are coming in January are still coming in January. So they're on yes. campus. You already have them. I will get that. Yeah. If you don't have to sign a letter of intent to enroll in January, if you're one of those guys that want to enroll, that's the ultimate letter of intent. 
I, I, it's funny. They sign a letter of intent on like December 22nd and they move into their dorm on December 27th. Like you probably didn't need to sign the thing. Okay. Didn't really do a lot. Like if you're so committed, you want to come in early and you finish high school and you want to get there for the whole spring. Fine. Great. You don't have to sign a letter of intent. You ju you're just going to sign a contract, but you sign a, you just enroll in the school and the yeah. coaches, you should not be able so Anybody who wants to enroll early can enroll early. Everyone else, you are signing in the middle of February. So everything can sort out because the more information, the better the decision. And so you sit there and say, man, I am going to come from Seattle, Washington, and I'm going to go play for, for Alabama. This is great. I commit. I'm 100% committed. Guy retired. Oh, well, I was going to play for Nick Saban. Now I don't, now I'm not happy. Now I've got to hit the transfer portal. I, this isn't what I was looking for, whatever. Totally understandable information. Totally, nobody did anything wrong. Nobody. But you're now locked in because you signed before the coaching carousel finished, before that announcement got made. And now they sit there and go, well, we need one in, in the summer. All you're going to do is create more prop, more kids that aren't, shouldn't be there, more coaches that then watch their senior year of tape. And go, uh, not mm, good enough. Yeah. Okay. So, and then more high major coaches. I hear this now the group of five are they're complaining. They're gonna say, Well, this kid isn't good enough, but so what, but we also made a mistake on this other guy two years ago who we thought what might have been good enough, but he wasn't. So he went to, you know, we're at LSU, he went to Louisiana Monroe. He just made all conference. We're taking him. They're gonna it's it it creates more swirl, which is what they're trying to thing the problem is everything is listened to the coaches the coaches want i want to sign my 25 guys in august and go to destin and hang out or hang out go go down to 30a and hang out at my beach house and then i like they're just looking at job their their their, their work-life balance and i get yeah. it work-life balance for a college football coach is terrible right now you know what's great the paycheck it keeps getting bigger every single year like whoa how would woody hayes handle this thing woody hayes wasn't making eight million dollars Ten yeah. million dollars. Woody, exactly. Woody lived in a, in a little ranch over in Columbus and mowed his own lawn. Okay, he didn't work a thousand. Yeah, it, that's the way it works, right? You want to be an investment banker in your little small town? Or you want to run a hedge fund? It's a little different situation. So the signing day should be in February, not yeah. these other ones that just increase the swirl and the churn of roster movement. Also, the the NFL draft does not take place in the middle of wildcard weekend for a reason, right? It's good for the sport. Like one thing I've learned this week is how bad these people are at marketing their own sport. Like they should be celebrating this 12 team playoff. We finally have this beautiful format that you guys are going to love. They can't even explain it <laughs> to anyone. Well, they're so, already fixing it. Right. You don't right. announce you're fixing. Hey, here's our new system, but we're going to fix it. Well, so how excited is that? Like someone giving you a new car. Well, you got to bring it in on Tuesday. I got some more work to do. Well, how excited am I about this new car? Well, I I want to throw I want to throw one of your other ideas at the people because you sent me this last night and it was brilliant, Dan. Um, we uh, we were talking about this and you want to issue fines for yeah. coaches who whine about their jobs. Yeah. I love this. I don't believe this would probably be uh, 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 legal, but um, yeah. <laughs> but hell, we're waving magic wands. We're like 30 minutes into this thing. Yes, I have had it. I've had it with the people who run this sport, the coaches, the ADs, the commissioners, the whole thing. I actually heard Charlie Baker, of all people, defend the transfer portal the other day by saying, look, more kids – normal students transfer than football players and stuff like that. It's not really an applicable stat because usually finances are a big part of that. They're like, Hey, I think I can, but, but I didn't care. He said something positive about college sports. These coaches and these administrators have poisoned the customer base. They have poisoned the fans. They are sitting there telling us over and over it's the wild west. It's not college football. It's the worst. Nobody cares about academics. Blah, blah, blah. Everything is terrible. This is the worst thing we've ever had. And, and, and then they propose these in, impossible solutions. And you go, dude, that's not going to work. There's a thing called the Sherman Antitrust Act. Well, I don't know anything about that. Well, okay, that's great. You don't. Let me tell you who does. Brett Kavanaugh. 
Okay, Brett Kavanaugh of the Supreme Court has told you guys you're dead. It's over. You have to come up with a new system. It's not me. Ask him. Don't go. He basically said, don't ask me or I'm going to set up your system. Right. But they sit there. They want everything is bad. The trans everything. The transfer port is terrible. The nobody promotes. Hey, our sport is awesome. Our attendance is up. Our TV ratings are up. We got the video game back. We we connect with young fans. Right. We've got this 12 team playoff. It's going to be like rocket fuel for this sport. More kids are playing in the right spot. We have more competitive balance than we have. Okay, I'll give you two two stats. Well, one set. This year, 58 kids, 58 juniors declared for the NFL draft. Gave up their final year of eligibility or final like seven. They probably could have right. won. Yeah, whatever. To go pro, okay? For seven years, between 2016 and 2022, that number was over 100 every single year. The average yeah. was 115. In so they're getting out to get paid. They're getting out to get paid. 2019, 135. And the New York Times wrote an article about it. And guess who's in the article? Urban Meyer and Nick Saban said, we're going to start meeting to figure out a solution to this problem. Okay, they're always working for solutions to the problem. They found it. it. Pay them. They found it. 58. Four of them already graduated from college. So it's 54 kids are going without their degree. Now, if you look at the 58, about 25 of them have a first-round grade. Doesn't mean they'll all get, maybe 21 will get, whatever. Nobody's saying Caleb Williams and Drake May should come back for NIL money, all right? They've, they've got tens of millions of dollars. But we're down to like 30 guys in the entire country, the entire country that are going, I will risk being a third-round, fourth-round pick in the NFL. Or, or they're saying, I would rather stay and play college football. Right. I'd rather play college football then risk being a third or fourth round pick in the NFL draft. 30, that's it. 30 guys are choosing the NFL. Every one of these guys wants to play in the NFL. Now, you may grow up saying, I want to be a college star, but everybody wants to make the league. <clears throat> they are delaying that. That's 80 guys a year, really talented players. Right. These are starters where they starters, are. Starters, stars. Look at this Ohio State roster, right? All this stuff. You are saying, I love college football. That is the story that should be told. We have more players choosing to stay in school and improve the talent base. Stop telling me about the 44 guys that left the group of five to transfer to the power five. They were all conference. Good for them. They worked hard and got a better opportunity. Hello, America, right? Stop painting everything as a disaster. And then the other is this. I talked to a Michigan fan, old, kind of old school, your old school guy that just, yeah. like, everything's everything's bad because it's not the way it used to be. He's lamenting the state of college football, the NIL and the transfer portal. I'm like, dude, you won the national championship because of the NIL and the transfer portal. You, Michigan, is, Michigan has half a national title since the 1940s. Last year, you start the one more year fund literally on the website to donate to this thing. It's like a GoFundMe. We want to keep Blake Corum, Cornelius Johnson, Zach Center, and a bunch of other guys in school for one more year. They, that, that, that's literally the website. One more year fund. It's not, I think it's called. Guess who stayed? Blake Corum, Cornelius Johnson, Zach Center. You win the national championship because of NIL. Yeah. You. And oh, by the way, you, you grabbed a plug and play left tackle and center. And, and rusher and cornerback and who blew up. It was a transfer who blew up the final play. Josiah blew up the line. Yep. Right into Milrow. Right. So does it dawn on you that all of a sudden a school like Michigan has a chance to win that not only has a chance, yeah. but win. Okay. Because a guy like Harbaugh, they work the system, man. They got their guys to stay. And, and the one thing Harbaugh is always good at is finding these, like he finds really good players. But Michigan never signs five stars. Yeah, they get they get one every two years. They they had two. I think they had two five stars against Alabama's twenty-two or something like that. Yeah, that Don, Donovan Edwards and Will Johnson. Those right. are the five stars. Those are two guys, both from Detroit. Like that's it. That's all you're getting. They can't get those guys, and all of a sudden you win a national champion. And I have Michigan fan going, "This is awful. We got to do something about it." Are you crazy? Yeah, this is, how this, you is win. this is the problem. Like I, I always tell people, do not listen to what these people say. Watch what they do. So don't listen to the coaches in the '80s when they complain. But I agree with you. The fine would be good. I have, and I have a I little mean, more. I 
$250,000 fine if you badmouth college football. Yep. And the fine goes to your art, your designated arch rivals collective. Ooh, I like that. Now, I've got I've got a better well, I don't I think this is be, yours might be better than mine, but I, I'm going with the uh the plot of the the show that George and Jerry were pitching in Seinfeld, where basically George has to become Jerry's butler for a week. So here's what happens. If you're a coach or an AD who complains about the state of the game, who badmouths the sport publicly, you must trade jobs and salaries for a week with one of those dozens of slappies in your organization who would kill to have your job and your salary, who would slit their own. Like, think about this. There is some tight end recruiting analyst in some SEC program, who would slit his own grandmother's throat to coach receivers at a Sunbelt school right now. Right, right. So the next time some SEC head coach gets up and like, the system's broken. Congratulations. You're now the tight end analyst for the next week, and you get his $35,000 a year salary <laughs> one week of that. He's now the head coach, and he gets your salary. And you may find out well. that he... Yes, all of it. Yeah, right? He go play golf. You may on... find out that you're not much better than him at this. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I, I can't coach football anymore. Uh, well, you know, yeah. I mean, Industries change. Industries change. All yeah. of us do our jobs differently. You and I do our job differently today yeah. than when we started. Find me an industry that isn't sitting there going, oh, my God. This is uh, – yeah. everybody's wrong. The, the difference is all the sports writers who complained about all the changes – they had to go find new jobs. Yeah, right. And, like, and our salaries didn't go up to it didn't go up every right. year 10%. Like, I'm sorry, you got to do some different things or whatever, but you're still coaching football. Like, oh my God, this is like some of these coaches, especially like I'll at least listen to like a saber or something. Like some of these guys. I mean, my guy, like, dude, you went five and seven last year. Yeah. You went five and seven. You're at a, at the middle, you're in the middle of one of these big leagues. The only reason you make your money is because 25 million people will tune into Ohio State, Michigan. They ain't yeah. watching your team. Nobody's <laughs> watching your team. You don't even fill your stadium up. You won four games. What the hell are you complaining about? You made $4 million and you got like 40 in a buyout. Like it's it's like stop complaining. This sport is getting dragged so badly. Nobody stands up and says, this is great. This is going to be awesome. This sport has never been more competitive. This sport has never been more fun. It's never had this much talent. It's never had this much stuff around it. This sport is absolutely booming. I love it. Instead, it's just all doom and gloom and, and fake arguments and, and one-sided arguments and, and, and straw men. And Well, we got to put some guard. What guardrail you think it is? Check with Brett Kavanaugh because that's where it's all going down. You can't do what – we want to put a lot of restrictions on a guy, but we don't want to make him an employee. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. It doesn't work that way. Well, we haven't fixed that part of it. I think the courts are going to go the ahead and do are that fix it. for yeah. everybody. But we did fix everything else. Right. So congratulations, guys. You don't have to meet for the next month. We already gave you the, the secret sauce. Free consulting. <laughs> Dan Wetzel, thank you so much. Thank you, Andy. That was wonderful. Dan Wetzel is the best. No Bad Ideas Friday is going to become a thing. Everybody, we're going to do it. You know, we did a big picture today. We might do it smaller picture, like in the middle of the season. If a program's having a bad year, we might do a no bad ideas Friday to fix it. Why not? But I love this idea. No bad ideas Friday. We throw things out. This system we just came up with is all stuff they could put in, approve in the next month. And it probably would make everything run smoother for them. The one thing that I think they're going to push back on is the no conference championship games. But again, if you're the SEC and the Big Ten, who are the ones that make the most off of those, if you can cajole, strong arm is probably the better word, you can, you can get most of your money back or all of your money back based on the extra games. We're going to be joined by James Fletcher III from On3 talking bracketology and bubble watch. We had a lot to talk about after the last week, especially after Washington State, Arizona last night. How about Washington State of the two-pack taking down the Wildcats? But first, we got to talk about prize picks. 
Prize Picks is the best daily fantasy platform. You are playing against the number. You're not playing against a bunch of sharks. NBA, PGA, NHL, college basketball, you name it. If they are competing in it, Prize Picks has squares. So how, this is how it works. You pick a square. I'm looking at the NBA tonight. James Harden, seven and a half assists. Will he have more or less than seven and a half assists against the Grizzlies? You decide. That's one square. You can pick as few as two. You can go up to five. The more squares you pick, the higher the payout. No power slap tonight. Unfortunately, I can't break that down for you. But you got esports. You got darts. Prize Picks has it all. Use the referral code Andy. They will match your first deposit up to $100. So download that app. Code Andy. Match that first deposit up to $100 and get playing. You can do some prize picks, college basketball picks this weekend. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And to discuss a big weekend in college basketball, let's talk to James Fletcher III from On3. He is our resident bracketologist, our resident bubble watcher. How late were you up, James, watching what went down at the McHale Center with Washington State and Arizona last night? Well, yeah, I was up. Uh, you know, I'm in central time here, so I was up until about... 12:30, but I also had a bracketology piece to put up afterwards. So had to kind of put those final puzzle pieces together. Once we got the final score of that one, we saw that Washington state picked up that huge win, not only for their resume, but for that program. And so had to shift them up from a nine seed into the eight seed conversation. Arizona had to make that tough choice. You got to decide, do they keep that final one seed spot or do they fall down to a two seed? Ultimately I kept them on the one seed line just Barely, just barely. But uh, yeah, it yep. was a late night for sure after after that really good game to watch. Now, Purdue bounced back, but they lost to Ohio State over the weekend. UConn lost this week after yep. blowing out Marquette. UConn drops a game, but they still feel pretty safe. Houston, boy, we, we screwed everybody because they didn't cover against Iowa State. They did win, but they did not cover. Yeah, we, we've seen the one seeds have a little bit of a skid here. We kind of had the, those top three in Purdue, UConn, and Houston. They have separated themselves from the field for sure. They will be one seeds when we get to Selection Sunday, and so, unless something goes horribly wrong for one of those schools, which I don't see happening. But mm -hmm. we have seen them take losses, uh, those, those top two, Purdue and UConn. And I think that it was really interesting to watch because we saw UConn kind of surpass uh, Purdue – and probably take over that number one overall seed, but only for about a day or two because they then lost to Creighton. Now, Creighton is no slouch. They're a very good team. They're probably a top four seed at this point when the, the selection committee gives us their updated field. But it's still very interesting to see here as these top three teams kind of move closer together. We're going to see a really tight race for that number one overall seed between the three of them. Uh, Houston has moved closer into that conversation with that that win, like you said, against Iowa State. That was a big resume builder for them, while the other two have slipped up in recent games. So if we're doing the true seed line, who's who's at five on the true seed line? Like if if somebody stumbles on that one line, who's ready to jump up and take a spot? Well, I think right now uh, we just have to go based off what the selection committee told us, and that's North Carolina, because North Carolina hasn't done anything to disprove that at this point. So I think that North Carolina is probably your fifth team overall at this point. They're waiting for their opportunity to jump onto the one seed line. I think that's in large part, though, why I kept Arizona as a number one seed, despite the struggles that they had last night. I think because that North Carolina team, if you look at the analytics, there is still a gap between them and Arizona. Arizona still one of the top four teams at, at, in the net rankings. They still have a really good strength of record, and they've got quad one wins. North Carolina, a little bit lower down. They're actually, uh, I believe, 10th uh, 
in the net rankings. And so they're not even the next team up in the net. So I, I've got right now, I've got Arizona, North Carolina, and then we move to Tennessee as the sixth overall team. They've got the most quad one wins in the SEC, despite not being at the top of those conference standings. So let's let's move to the bubble because we, we've seen some interesting. And when when we talked on Monday, one of the last things we said was Texas A&M cannot lose to Arkansas on Tuesday night. And so what do the Aggies do? They lose to Arkansas. Do they have any chance beyond running the table in the SEC tournament at this point? Yeah, I was real worried about that game. That's why I brought it up. But uh, I think they still have a chance. They're in that first four out for me right now. And they, they're playing an SEC schedule that is going to give you a few more opportunities. And, and we've seen the bubble be kind to teams that have a lot of quad one wins, a good resume at the top of their their uh, their schedule. And so I think that Texas A&M, they've got to rely on all those quad one wins that they've been able to accumulate to this point. Now, they've struggled in quad three and quad four, which is never good. That's why they're down where they are right now. And I think that for them, the key is going to be win big games and then take care of business in the really bad games, okay? Because if you can beat the Vanderbilts, the Missouris, the Arkansas, you, you keep those bad losses off your resume the rest of the way. You pick up a big win, whether it's against a Tennessee, an Auburn, an Alabama, uh, whether it's in the regular season or in the SEC tournament. However you get that done, I think they need at least one more big win and then to avoid any more bad losses. Uh, if you take a quad two loss in there somewhere uh, against maybe a Florida or, or whoever else in that conversation, a Kentucky, depending on how the net rankings shake out, I think that they can still survive one more of. But they are running out of rope here, and they've got to get things figured out for a team that had such high hopes uh, just a few weeks ago. So Wake Forest is another one, and now that they had kind of the bubble bowl this week, beat Pittsburgh badly. I mean, they crushed Pittsburgh. Now they played Duke in Winston-Salem, if they can win this game, should they feel somewhat comfortable? Yeah, I don't know about – the word safe this time of year is one that people like to use, and it's one that I, I struggle with because at the end of the day, if you lose another quad four game, you're always going to move back towards right. the bubble. So you've got to kind of keep things rolling no matter what win you pick up. But a win against Duke would be huge for Wake Forest, a team that has moved up all the way to 27th in the net rankings. And <clears throat> excuse me, that, uh, that is big for them as they come down this final stretch. You've got a little bit of a cushion there. We know that we're going to have at least every year we get 36 at-large teams and then of the automatic mm -hmm. qualifiers. Now, plenty of those automatic qualifiers are going to come from that same pool of teams that would be getting an automatic bid. So we're going to end up, I think last time I checked, we were at 47 to 48 teams uh, that we're going to get either at-large or would have been at-large teams in this field this season. So <clears throat> I think that Wake Forest being number 27, they're in a pretty comfortable spot right now, but that, that doesn't mean that they have any room to start dropping good games. Uh, Nebraska seems to be doing what we talked over the last few weeks about what they needed to do. It seems like they're doing that, uh, but what what do they have to do to, to get – solidified there yeah i think it's uh avoid bad losses that, that's what you got to do if you're on the right side of the bubble at this point in the season what you want to do is keep things going how you've got them right now so if they drop one game and it's to a, a really good team if they get knocked out of the big 10 tournament but it's against one of the the teams that's favored to beat them in illinois a purdue i don't think that that really hurts them when we talk about the selection committee but you do always want to get yourself in front of the selection committee in as many opportunities as possible to prove what you've got. So even if you take a close loss to one of those teams, it can still help you in terms of your eye tests when we get to selection Sunday. So for them, I think really it's just keep winning those games that we talked about. They need to win that Ohio state game, that Michigan game roll through. If you've got a quad three or quad four opportunity, make sure you take care of business quad two, You've got to play really well in. And then quad one, you're just icing, icing the cake. I think if they get one more of those, they'll feel really good about their position. 
Yeah, the truth in the chat mentioning how the how different Michigan is in the first half and the second. If you watch the Northwestern game, you, you saw that big win, good win for Northwestern. That, that, that would have been a bad loss. But let, let's talk about what happened in Tucson. Uh, Jalen Wells hits a four-point play with 27 seconds or uh, with or late, you know, last minute of the game. Yeah. Caleb Love's shot falls short. What does this mean for Washington State when, you know, they, they've been through the ringer as a, an athletic department this year. They are now in first place by themselves in the Pac-12, and it feels like they're in pretty good shape for the tournament. Yeah, this Washington State team, not one of the historically great uh, basketball programs that we have out in that Pac-12, as you referenced the Pac-2 now. Yeah. We've got a, a really great story to watch here because Kyle Smith took over that program. They weren't really going anywhere. They didn't have any uh, big-time uh, transfers. They didn't have any big-time players to, to mention, recruits, but – They've just kind of put this program together the way that he wants to build a program uh, very much in the vein of, of what he did at San Francisco when he got that mm -hmm. program rolling and kind of set it up for Todd Golden, who now we're seeing have success at Florida. So there's something there in that that uh, coaching tree coming out of San Francisco. He's He's done really well at building the roster he wants to build, finding unique ways to do it at a school that historically is one of the worst power five jobs in the country. A team that really, we, we look at historic success, and outside of being able to claim Clay Thompson, who was not the same player in college that he is in the NBA, they don't have a ton of guys well, that you I, can point to. I do remember a coach who was at Washington State who recruited his own style of player and played a very unique style, and that worked very well, and he's now got a national title at Virginia, Tony Bennett. So it, it's a place you can win, but it's a place that if you can win there, it probably means you can really win somewhere else, which I, I hate even saying that because we, we saw it with Oregon State in football where Jonathan Smith was doing really well at Oregon State. And because of what happened with the conference, even though Jonathan Smith was an alum, you knew he was gone. You knew he was going somewhere else. Jake Dickert, the Washington State coach, had done a good job, was up for jobs, just didn't get one, but probably is still looking. That's It sucks because somebody's going to grab – somebody's going to grab Kyle like in the off season, somebody's hiring him because of the job he's done here. But I mean, that would have happened. I think that would have happened anyway, even without what happened at the conference. Cause I mean, obviously it happened with Tony Bennett when the conference was healthy. Yeah. You mentioned Tony Bennett also Kelvin Sampson at one time, uh, head yeah. coach at Washington state. So they've had really good coaches at different times. You know what those two share that Kyle Smith can now break is that neither of them ever won a conference championship. Now, if Kyle Smith can go in at Washington State and do something that Tony Bennett and Kelvin Sampson were never able to do as the head coach, you're right. Somebody's going to back up a truck, and he's yep. going to end up with a much cushier job where he's got some of the NIL resources, where he can go out and recruit five stars, where he can do all those things. And really, there's, there's nothing um, – abnormal about it like you said it's it's unfortunate that the the pac-12 dissolving has put washington state and oregon state in this situation where they, they maybe are viewed as lesser than power five right now even though they've had that title for so long but at the end of the day these high major uh, teams these blue bloods or the teams bordering on blue bloods they usually get who they want whether it's power five or not we've seen plenty of other power five coaches who are in the mix for other jobs where they would be leaving a good situation for another situation. So I don't think it's abnormal at all that Kyle Smith is in these conversations when we talk about coaching vacancies. And I think he really deserves that kind of discussion with what he's been able to do. Yeah. Pat Chun, the AD at Washington state. Sorry, sorry to do this to you, but he's done a great job of hiring people. And that's kind of the best compliment, unfortunately, is somebody steals your coach because it means you did a good job. So yeah. uh, good luck to Pat, who's probably going to have to go find the next Kyle Smith in a little bit. But it's been fun to watch. And James, this is uh, we're getting down to, to brass tacks here, three weeks to, to Selection Sunday. What, what games are you most looking forward to watching this weekend? Oh, this weekend we've got a, a really good slate. I think Alabama and Tennessee, uh, that's one that I, I've really got my – uh, my eyes on over these next couple weeks. 
Uh, but this weekend in particular, I think that we've got Kansas against, I believe they're playing against Texas. Texas, a team that's still on the bubble. Uh, they, they're comfortable right now, I guess. Uh, but picking up a win against Kansas obviously will do a lot for your resume. Uh, Kentucky against Alabama, excuse me, is the yeah. one. Yeah, that Tennessee I has that, Texas A&M yeah. in a month. Yeah. Like, if A&M can win, great. But, yeah, Kentucky-Alabama should be fun, especially yeah. after Kentucky-LSU. Yeah, I think uh, Tennessee-Alabama, I think, is the next week. I think Reese Davis was yeah. talking about that one, got me uh, tripped up on which weekend that is. Uh, but then we've also got a, a North Carolina-Virginia game, which I think I'm, I'm fascinated by because Virginia – kind of slipped a little bit closer to the bubble than we thought they were were going to after a, a really good run for a couple of weeks. So can they get things right? Can North Carolina stop this kind of back and forth uh, thing that they've been doing and also get closer to that one seed conversation that we were talking about earlier on? And it's a pretty much an ultimate clash of styles game, North yeah. Carolina, Virginia. So uh, if you if you want to see who who can dictate tempo the best, it'll be it'll be a fun one. Well, James, I, I can't wait. It's going to be a fun weekend. Hopefully we can catch up with you after the weekend and figure out how it's changed the bubble, how it's changed the seed lines. I love this time of year. James Fletcher III, thank you so much. All right, appreciate it. Guys, it has been a fun week. Hey, we solved the college football playoff today. I don't think anybody's going to take me and Dan's advice, but we're happy to give it. And I actually, when I look at... I, I was typing up what we were what we're doing. I, I'm going to put this into a, into a column form, uh, so you can read it. You can send it to your friends and be like, "Hey, you send it to your favorite conference commissioner, like Greg Sankey, Tony Petini. Look, these two idiots on this podcast they they figured it out for you. You guys don't have to have all these meetings now, but I think this would be fun. It would be a great end of the season. It would allow for different conferences to have a chance. It would, it would allow there to be different conference flavors. It would allow college football to not look exactly like the NFL. Unfortunately, I think they're probably headed to some sort of Super League, Premier League situation. Unfortunately, I think that's where it's going. But if you stave it off a little bit longer, keep some of the flavor, I think this would do it. If you're going to not play this 12-team thing and at least take a look at it before you decide that's what you want or what you don't want, at least this embraces the spirit of it and makes it a little more practical and makes it fun. It would work. I'm telling you. Offseason never stops. We'll be talking about that because they do have to decide on something within a month because they've got to book sites. They've got to get the TV contract done. We're also going to be talking actual football. Texas A&M coach Mike Elko scheduled to join us on Monday. That is going to be a fun interview. I am very excited about what Mike Elko can do at Texas A&M. You saw what he did at Duke. He went in there and immediately won. That is not an easy place to win. He did it immediately. Now he goes into a place, sure, the schedule is a lot harder, but you inherit some pretty good talent. Can't wait to talk to him. Can't wait to talk to you guys next week. We'll see you on Monday. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.